You're listening to Rebel Radio. Do dope shit. Dude, I like your background. Thanks so much. It was literally just covering up so no one could see my office. Hey, that's pretty sweet. Um, You made that yourself? I just Canva. Yeah, just did it. Wow, look at you, Mr. Canva. I know. It took took a lot to learn. A total of 42 seconds and it was done. Dude, dude, I love it. Your office is unreal. Or your podcast. Yeah. I guess it's your office. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. I I use this as like my consultation room, my podcast area, my hangout area. It's actually pretty sweet. That is really sweet. Um, And it's actually a really good focal point for when I get uh, prospects coming in here to chat with me about training or or a membership. And yeah, they're they're like, wow, this is really cool. And it it sets the tone for like what we are here. Yeah, exactly. Which is badass. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say badass because it's just me, but yeah. (laughs) I think you're badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, no. So what's, what's going okay. on, dude? What's going on? I feel like I haven't seen you or talked to you, to you in, in, a, in a while. Honestly, it's been just nuts. Well, you live in Ontario too, so it's just been nuts in that way. And then, uh, yeah, just doing some, I'm doing like a health coaching, like a master's of health coaching thing, finishing that up. Um, just training, had to move a bunch of people online, so getting that all sorted away. So yeah, it's just been super busy. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, likewise, just as busy. Um, uh, so fuck it. I have been saying this out loud in public. We're open, like we're fully open. Cause I don't yeah. give a fuck anymore. Um, so we got a pretty big influx of just general members needing a space to work out. Nice. Um, and I don't realize how many people are like me. And I think that's a bad thing. <laughs> uh, me, me, like people like don't give a shit about what's going on. Like they're, yeah. They're like, you know what, like, we just need a space to better ourselves in whatever capacity that is like, and I think most of it comes from a mental health standpoint. Um, so we had about 21 new signups. We're at capacity with our members. Um, mind you, like our facility is small. So we only have about a capacity of 50 members so that, you know, we can book into time slots. It's not so busy. People don't have to wait for equipment or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that front. Uh, and then now I'm just kind of going hard on the rebel series. I'm trying to get more of a rebel series member base, um, going on that, that might take some time. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been decent. That's yeah. super exciting. And that's not a bad thing. You know what? Like, it's really, it's really unfortunate where this is all gone, where it's like, you know, we're excluding people, we're including people. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's still going to be a mental health crisis. There's still going to be an outcome of like awful health outcomes just because people haven't been training or have lost that ambition. And, and they've lost a lot more than, you know, a space to work out. They've also lost the progress that they made, you know, when they were going to the gym and had access. So it's, it's, it's a huge issue to not offer the, these types of facilities to people. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I was, I was chatting with, um, a, a colleague of mine. He's, he's, he owns a, a facility here in Windsor and he's more of like a general based membership type of gym. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's got about, I think a thousand members who, um, got like doctor notes or therapy yeah. notes saying they needed it for, for their mental health or they had like a joint or bone issue. And then I go to him, I go like, doesn't everybody have a joint issue or a mental health issue? So why are we using this loophole when we can just open them up and keep them open? Because everybody needs this fucking for their mental health. Absolutely. You know, so go ahead. Oh, nothing. It's just absolutely like it's, it's, it's asinine. And like, that's the thing is, okay. So you don't have a mental health issue diagnosed, but because you've gone through COVID, you probably fucking do. Right. Like it's the, we've created a mental health crisis and then we're also debilitating people further by not having an outlet. I loved what you posted the other day though, 
that like, you know, going to the gym isn't the same as going to therapy, right? Like that's really the crux of the conversation is we do need a cathartic outlet, but it doesn't solve our issues. It doesn't get us to know our inner demons or, or really be able to wrestle with them just because you're stronger means that you might be able to wrestle with them better, but maybe one day you just don't, shouldn't have to fucking wrestle. Right. Like that's, there's a point in that that I really found was amazing. I'm glad you posted it. No, no. And thank you for saying that. No. And this is part of what we're going to talk about today. A lot is just this whole um, sort of shift in like, yes. So, so like, I, I guess my, I guess my whole thing is this, when everything is fine and you're perfect and there's nothing really um, happening in your life that is cause of concern, that is debilitating like a death or a family um, passing or, you know, a health crisis that is, you know, immediate to your health. Um, If things are fine, yes, fitness and drinking your water and nutrition can keep the normal stress and anxiety at bay. But if you're going through a serious issue, whether it's a childhood trauma, whether it's uh, a passing of a loved one, if you're grieving, if it's a if it's a health concern, I'm sure you know very well how how mentally draining and emotionally draining it is to just wake up and deal with the shit that you have going on. So adding more fitness or doing a yoga class or doing some deep breathing meditation isn't going to solve your issue because your issue is holy fuck shit hit the fan. Uh, That's exactly it. You know, and, and like pe- people need to, you know, I, I was also one back in the day to say, yeah, I know like the barbell it teaches me how to be strong and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what, man, I, I've dealt with some shit and some issues that I've had with my life with a psychologist. And it's been tremendous that a barbell or workouts can't teach me. And, and one thing that I pointed out in that post yesterday was that, um, you know, like, fitness and working out complements your life once you actually have the resources and the coping strategies to deal with the shit that makes you whatever but if you bring in if you bring all your anxiety and your issues into the gym well guess what these are the people that don't like working out or the people that um are never motivated it's not because they don't want it it's because they haven't dealt with the shit that they have to deal with in order to live their life to the best of their abilities and that's yeah like that's really it like when you're if you're going through something, like I always say that like getting stronger, having the philosophy of the barbell is fine. That if you take on something and you put it on your back, you inevitably by taking it on, will get stronger. But taking on a barbell, pretending that's like the abuse you went through as a child or some shit that whatever it is, is not the same thing. Like you don't get the same outcome. Like there's, when I think about going to like an actual, you know, mental health advisor or counselor, psychiatrist, like whatever, at the end of the day, they're creating an open space for you to have a conversation with yourself, right? Most of the time, they're not even giving you advice. They're get, letting you have an outlet of your own voice that isn't the rumination machine of your own fucking brain. Like there's, there's a place where you're not going to solve your own answer, your own problems, because you wouldn't have problems if you could fucking answer them. So you need this secondary voice. You need this. That's why I like for my facility, Reflection Studio, you need to be able to see what's there not with judgment or shame or guilt, but just for bare bone awareness of being like, well, that's me. And you don't have to have shame in it. Yes. There's barbells here, but there's also just hopefully a community and people. I know you are building the same thing that it's like the community is there to support you, but fuck, they can't lump you along. If you're not going to take responsibility outside of the gym for the shit you're, you're trying to do, right. That's the beauty of fitness is it is a community. Um, but you got to come in with your own, you know, awareness of what you're trying to deal with outside of that. And, and like you said, drink water and lift weights and be healthy organism 
but mental health is different than mental illness. And you got to know which side of that fucking coin you're on right now. If you're mentally ill, go seek help. If you're just working on your mental health, well, then you can go to a gym and just enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Dude, that that's so great. And it's nice that you said that about like when you go to therapy or see a psychologist or whatever the case may be, is that you're having an open conversation with yourself mm-hmm. and like, I'm pretty transparent with my shit. So like mm-hmm. I saw a psychologist about like, uh, about a year and a half ago and I was doing with some, some shit and spent eight weeks together. Um, and he taught me some really good coping strategies that I've been using for the last year and a half. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, like it's empowering. But I recently went back, uh, I went, I had a session with my guy uh, about like a couple of weeks ago because there was one thing that I couldn't deal with. And I go, it's funny. And, and I was telling him this, I go like, uh, you know, the, the things that you taught me to cope with that certain issue that I had worked wonders. But now that there's this new sort of milestone or, or this new thing that, that I wasn't aware of, it's, it's not allowing me to, to cope the same way because it's, a, it's at a higher um, sort of like, it, it's, it's, it's worse than what I was dealing with before. And he's like, yeah, he goes, now you have to layer on another thing. And so he was teaching me some stuff and he was trying to parallel. And, and, and his questions to me are always this, how do you feel about that? Or what are your thoughts about that? And he would let me answer my thoughts about what he was saying, as opposed to him saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Or he, he wasn't giving me orders. He was allowing me to, to, to ruminate on what he was saying and reflect on what he was saying versus telling me what I need to do. And it's, it's in that where I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. Like I was uncovering stuff by myself, but he was facilitating that chat. He was the third person facilitating the chat between me and myself versus the chat between me and him. He was facilitating. He was the mediator between me and myself, essentially, which is really cool. That's really the most beautiful part about it. Like I'm, I, I appreciate that you're so honest about it. Um, because it's, that's true strength is just the vulnerability to say like, Hey, I got stronger. I went and saw someone who has an expertise, right? If someone comes and sees me for nutrition or, you know, exercise, that that's my expertise, but then there's a line in the sand where it stops. Right. And I have to seek appropriate help from other individuals. And it's amazing. You went and got that because that's a, that's a hard thing for people to do because there's such a stigma around it. Um, but I, I like to imagine myself, you know, I've saw a lot of actually like when I was, I was diagnosed with depression, when I was eight. So I started going to therapy and different types of, uh, different types of, you know, psychiatry, cognitive behavioral therapy, all those things when I was super young and I'm very appreciative. It didn't mean it took action. And I was like willing to buy in until like my adult or, you know, adolescent years, but I know that it is definitely why I sit in a place in my own mind, um, separate from like the world. Like, I think that that's a really important thing. Like you said, when they facilitate the ability for you to have a conversation with yourself and they just leave open-ended questions, it's because, well, you're a coach, you know, if you just tell someone to do something, they won't do it. Right. It's not the same thing as them coming to a position that they believe what they're saying and they're hearing out of their own mouth is true. Right. Like whether we like it or not, a belief system, a systematic belief that the brain just holds is true, whether we like it or not, because you believe it right? It could be just full of bullshit, full of holes, but it's the closest thing that keeps us to comfort. And that comfortability is not going to be easily let go unless we have a conversation. And that's what therapy is, man. Good for you. 
Yeah, thanks, man. You know, and, and good for you as well, man, because if it wasn't for you voicing all of your stuff through your social media and what you do with Reflection Studio, like like you're a big proponent of mental health and and like just watching your stuff and when you do post your stuff about, about your own struggle with mental health and depression mm-hmm. and then just your insights as to why you created Reflection Studio, like mm-hmm. that to me is inspiring for me to even share my stories. I'm like, man, if, if Ian is affecting me in, in a positive way, well, maybe I can also affect and inspire others the same way or maybe vice versa. It's like very reciprocal. And and it wasn't until like we actually got to chat for a few days up in Burlington mm-hmm. back in October where it's like, oh, this dude is like different than most dudes out there. Right. And, and and this is where I wanted to kind of continue on that that conversation that we had without any script, without any fucking bullshit. It's just like, let's just be open and honest about life and, and what we do best. Absolutely. And I appreciate it, too. Like even just getting a few days there, it, it's nice because there's a they're just earnest conversations, right? You're just honest about what's going on. And, and you're right. Like it, it's a, it's a reciprocal loop. Like when we think of, when I think of anxiety, it's an apprehension of like self, like the self-awareness, right? Like, Oh, I need to be this person for these people. And these people see me in this light. Um, and there's a really, uh, I can't remember the exact exact term, like in psychology, but basically it's about like the, the mind awareness, basically that everyone you meet has their own goals and ambitions and everything else. Um, they have their own identity, but they also sub kind of push that down a little bit if they get part of a community that might not agree with them. Right. So we're always making sure that our self fits into your environment. Um, and that's hazardous. If you ever want to come out the other side and know who you are, even if that's a changing entity, like I know that I never really align with a sense of self. I just take myself day by day and try to open my perspectives up. Right. So having these conversations with someone like you challenges my perspectives, right? Not in a bad way, but just an opportunity to say like, you know what? I, I think this way because I thought that way, but now that I've had a conversation with you, I might have a different way of thinking about something. And it gives me access to another person who might think similar to you, right? So every time we have one of these conversations, we open up dialogue to another person. We get to share this idea of what is mental health. It's the ability to be vulnerable, share and not feel judged. Uh, but also become more secure in our ideas and our ideals, values, and identities. And that's, what's huge about it. I really appreciate you and, you know, letting this space be a place that you can do that. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And I feel like the more you open up and have these discussions out in public and in, in the open space, you, you, you tend to not have them in your mind so much. And when you can articulate it out in the open, you either realize, okay, I'm not alone. Um, you know, maybe it's not so bad as I thought it was in my mind. And you start to, to, to be confident and secure, like you said, secure in expressing it to work on your mental health. Right. And, and I'm sure you've been there where it's like, you just ruminate in your head. And I've done that. And I still do that to, to, to some degree where like when you ruminate and ruminate and ruminate, and then you're like, it just becomes this chaos of a mess. And then you can't cope with anything else that's happening in your mind. You have no more capacity to do the day to day. Right. And that's why, like, maybe I enjoy talking about this because it allows more bandwidth in my mind to do the stuff that I got to do every day. Um, so I, I always welcome that conversation, um, as much as I can. Awesome. So what do you yeah. do to deal with that? If, uh, if you don't mind me asking, deal with that rumination or get it out. Like these conversations are super helpful, but do you have like daily things that you do on a, you know, I, I'm excited to hear this by the way. I, I deadlift heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> right. It works. It does work right after we say it. It's like, well, I lift yeah. the weights. Uh, side note, before I answer your question, the reason why I don't like barbells and heavy lifting to deal with your shit is because I want to, at least for myself, I want to go into the gym happy without any extraneous 
anxiety in my mind because when I'm happy and the music's vibing, I feel strong as fuck and it's fun. Yeah. But if I have to go into the gym so I can let my demons go and work on my demons, well, that's a that, that's a pretty heavy synopsis of what your workout's going to be for that hour. Like that that's a heavy burden on yourself for that one hour. So it's oh, like, yeah. no, no, no. Let me deal with my shit with my guy. Let, let me pay him the money to, to deal with it. And then I can go into the gym and have fun because it should be fun. It shouldn't be yeah. excruciating. Anyways, uh, how do I deal with like the rumination is what you're asking? Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Honestly, man, I don't know. I really don't know how, how I cope and deal with it. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. And, and I've kind of taken this from Alessandra, you know, and, and, and she's a mutual friend of ours and a friend of the podcast. Uh, she talks a lot about like compassion and just giving yourself compassion. Um, so like if I wake up one day and I'm just like, man, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to sit with it because it's not going to last forever. It might last just for the morning. It might last all day. It might last, but like the, the tomorrow is going to be another day and I'll, and I'll probably feel better or maybe I'll feel a little bit better or maybe a little bit worse. It, it, it always goes away. Um, and, and so like, it's funny. So like I, I've dealt with a pretty uh, big passing of my cousin and my aunt uh, this past December. And, and it was, it was a nightmare for, for myself and my family to deal with that, you know, and, and I'm going to share this openly, uh, because I think it's valuable for, for our listeners to, to, to hear this, but no amounts of activity or water or whatever these quote unquote self-help things are, is going to allow me to grieve the right way. My, my nervous system was not open for the capacity or the bandwidth to handle anything else other than the shock and the news of the passing of my aunt and my cousin. And so I allowed myself to just be in it, to be with family, to, to, to be with my own thoughts, be myself and just go through the grieving process because at the end of the day, like nothing mattered other than my family and what happened. And, you know, this is going back six weeks now and I can finally feel my nervous system slowly catching back up to normal where I'm like, okay, there's no more threat because this is the fight or flight response that happened. It was a big shock, right? And your nervous system is trying to cope to the best of its abilities and compartmentalize what, like what's happening, right? And so it's almost like the first state is like the shock, flight or flight, you know, you freeze. I was, I was frozen and you, it's like your nervous system swings to one way, right? Like it swings so high on the spectrum of having to, uh, to sort of fight or flight that it takes a long time for it to rebound back to normal. And, and, and it's been what, maybe six, seven weeks now where I'm finally starting to feel, okay, my nerves are sort of, you know, down my, uh, my, 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 my sense of clarity is coming back, but like, yes, you know, I did all the healthy stuff, but man, like no amounts of that was going to prepare my nervous system for, for what happened. So this is why even now that all this transpired, I have a different perspective on life and what, what happens with our nervous system. Absolutely. Know? I, and obviously I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss, but I'm, I'm glad to see and hear that you're coming out the other side of it. Yeah. But that's a deep sense of awareness of like, you are an organism that works in fight or flight, rest and digest, right? Sympathetic, parasympathetic. And Within that, you can give yourself permission to let that human self identity that actually is just your consciousness creating that, right? Like you're not actually a person. Everything you think about is a brain creating thought organically, 
right? So we kind of have to go through those motions because the sense of self that we are is a brain coming up with ideas, right? Like the, the, who is the thinker? Who's the seer of sights? Is there a man behind your eyes? Is there a man between your ears that hears things? Or is this just a automatic system of regulation of stimulus from an organ that resides within your skull? Like that, that is huge. And that doesn't, that, that doesn't help us necessarily in the grieving process, but I think it does give us that opportunity of self-compassion to say, I need to be spiritually involved in being okay, because physically I am going to have to go through these hoops that my central nervous system is going to make me jump through. And I'm, I'm super proud of you for being able to do that and, and see it for something that, you know, it is, that's a really hard one on a day-to-day basis. That's pretty hard. How do you feel like now when you say like you're coming out of it, what does it feel like? It, it just feels like I'm coming. How, how do I explain it? Like, it's funny, right? Because the, the initial shock of, of when it happened was like, so, so it's almost like I was on train tracks, everything was going smoothly. And then it got plowed sideways. I don't, I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear my fist hit my hand? That's that pretty was loud. Yeah. That was loud. loud. I feel yeah. bad for your hand or your yeah, fist. You, I don't know which one. Yeah. You better fucking watch out people that, <laughs> that cross me. No, I'm kidding. I can't fight. I can't fight. I really can't fight. No, but like, right. So, so that initial shock was like getting sight swiped or T-boned, right? Where yeah. it's like you had no sense of what was going on. And, and, and the shock, it's what was as painful as it was. And maybe this is because I adore and I love what we do as a living and as a career and like the nervous system for me, and I'm sure for you too, it's just so intriguing that while I was in that pain, while I was in agony, I was also, part of me was like geeked out that I got to um, um, uh, uh, live through what your nervous system does best. Because it's not often that you get these like, big pivotal moments in your life that cause you to like, you know, fight or flight. Yeah. You know, maybe if you get in a fight with somebody, that's like a, you know, that's a low level fight or flight response. Or if you're yelling with a coworker because of some paper that you didn't do, whatever, like that, that's just kind of like bullshit stuff. But this was like, wow. Like I got to, on one hand, I'm in fucking emotional agony, but on the other side, I'm like, holy fuck, I get to like experience what it is to be human. Yeah nervous system, right? Uh, the, the, um, the, the, the lizard brain part of us mm-hmm. that still exists today. Uh, and also existential thinking of death and life. Yeah. So, so it was just a really cool experience for me. <laughs> I mean, and I say that in the most, it was a cool experience because yeah, I lost some, some really great loved ones and some pitiful people in my life. Um, but it also taught me just how to, how to be. Yeah, and so that's and so, amazing and value, I'm sure. Right. And so to, and to answer your question, like coming out of it, it feels, um, it feels like I have another, I have more capacity to deal with other shit in my life. Or at least I have the confidence knowing that my nervous system is not going to fail me ever, you know, and it, and it, and it goes through those steps to protect me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like the initial shock was, was like a freeze, almost like you're watching a movie. I was watching a movie to my own life. Right. And that's, and, that, and that's your, 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 your nervous system protecting you. And disassociation. Yeah. And, and I, and, and I always heard about it, but I never realized what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I felt it. Um, and then coming off of that was okay. Like reality sinks in and this is what it is, you know? And, and 
and I don't know if you ever saw my Chase Fear T-shirt, but on the back it says Chase Fear, uh, yeah. uh, no way out but through. And this was something that I'm like, yeah, I'm so fucking cool here at Common. No way out but through. Like, I'm tough, right? And then and then I was talking to my cousins, you know, and I go to them. I go, I go, listen, I wish I could take this pain away and I wish I could go back in time and bring back, you know, our loved ones. But like as much as it sucks saying, the only way out of this is to go through it. And I'm like, it's going to suck along the way, but it always gets better. Doesn't mean that you forget. It doesn't mean that you don't care about your 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 loved ones that that, that we lost. It just means that we're living on this planet. We have to move on. We have to create a legacy, not only for the loved ones that we lost, but also for ourselves. And I'm just like, we were. I was practicing exactly what it is that makes us human. Nothing else mattered. My bills didn't matter. Posting about squats on social—I like, don't know if you noticed—but like I wasn't yeah. posting anything on social media. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about teaching squats. It doesn't matter right now because my nervous system needs this. Yeah. Um, so it was just a really cool experience, man. Like, and I say cool very loosely. It wasn't cool. It was shitty. But like looking back, I'm like, wow. Like this nervous system just knows how to control us and, and how to keep us alive. And that's the thing is, I think that the human experience that you went through, the awareness and knowledge you have that's a predeterminant of your success as well, right? Like, because you have that knowledge, because you've had these conversations, because you've worked in, you know, as a coach, but you've also seen therapy, like you come to a sense of a, a, a knowledge on what you need. A lot of people might not have that, right? Now, a lot of people might not have the privilege to have that knowledge. They've been in constant fight or flight. They've been in environmental stimulus that's too high to ever come down from. And that can totally change the structure of your brain create, you know, repetitive, you know, habitual, you know, thought patterns and reaction mechanisms. Like in some ways, you know, it's beautiful to learn, but then it also gives us an insight on how we are able to learn. And some people might not be able to come on the other side and the same thing. So, you know, having these conversations and hopefully having a podcast about it, you know, gives people an opportunity, you know, to, to seek out further resources to be like, holy shit. Yeah. I guess maybe I shouldn't just try to suppress it or I shouldn't just be like, oh, it doesn't bother me. Um, we don't get to choose what bothers us, but we get to choose the reactions and responses we have to it. And your response in this instance sounds like it was one of awareness and, and, and humility and allowing yourself to be human. Right. And, and not yeah. just business and all of the other things that go on in a day to day. It grounds us back to the purest form of our existence, which is just we are alive and we're also mortal and we we, we will have to deal with some existential kind of considerations. And, and that's huge. And I'm, I'm glad you're OK. Yeah. Thanks, dude. No, thanks, yeah. dude. Uh, and what was interesting is that going through this, um, especially in December, like it, I, I, could, I, I sensed that my nervous system was so off kilter because uh the any little thing that would happen during that month could be anything anything the anxiety was so high it was like it was revving on all cylinders it, like every little thing whether it was um as simple as like if if one of my parents was coughing i'd be like oh shit like right like you just like you're, you're on this hypersensitivity i'm like i know that if i do quote unquote exercise it's just going to exacerbate this feeling of anxiety. It's not going to help it. 
Glad you said that because it's it's and that's the idea of like you know even RPE like a lot of people go to like you know pray or perceived exertion it's like well you know you are you have exertion from other like if you don't sleep well if you're going through emotional crisis or trauma if you are having other you know considerations that can change your physical output as well sometimes it will drive you know amazing and you're okay and some people can rev high right like I know you know uh, I know for myself when I was younger. I could run off adrenaline all day, but it does lead to burnout. And a lot of people will be like, I can do this until they can't. Right. So it's, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people will, like we talked about in the beginning, they'll just go into that cathartic experience of the gym. And it's like, well, shit, now you just doubled down on, you know, stress. It used to be positive, but you don't have fucking any room for that right now. Right. Like go walk on a treadmill, go outside, enjoy fucking nature. Right. Like just go for a walk. You don't have to fucking, you know, throw up fucking cleans and go wild on it. Sometimes you can, but you got to be able to pull the punches and know when it's appropriate. Right. It's cool, or, man. Or, or maybe you just need to cry. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah. like, like there, there's nothing more cathartic and therapeutic than crying. Well, why do you think we do it? It's not like a choice. Yeah, <laughs> actually. To, so funny story. So I'm not much of a fighter, but I've been in like quite a few scraps and, uh, and not even because I, I don't want to, uh, it's just the circumstance. You're just, I'm not really much of a drinker and I'm normally around, you know, drunk people. And when you work out, people are just like, well, that guy always wants to fight or I want to fight that guy. And it's like, that's not why I do this. Um, so it's really annoying, but every time someone wants to fight me and I'm like, oh fuck, or sometimes I'm trying to break up a fight. I will well up with tears. I don't mean to, I don't want to walk into a scrap fucking crying right off the hop, but my, I don't know how to disassociate like ready to rumble with welling up in my eyes. It's the stupidest things. All my buddies were like, he's mad. You can tell cause he's crying. It's you know, hilarious. So that just goes to show we don't have control over what the fuck happens. I'm ready to tango, but it's, it's dumb. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to cry about it. Apparently that's, that's amazing. I was actually reading up <laughs> on, uh, on why we cry. Right. Yeah. Uh, as I'm crying, I'm like, why are we crying? And, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> why do and, I cry? And, and I don't know if this is true or not because it was Google, but apparently uh, uh, we we will make different types of tears. So like if we have something in our in our eye, if there's like a, an eyelash or whatever, it's more um, uh, lubricating. Uh, it's aqueous. It's, it's it's more it's more it's more of a water based. But okay. when we cry through emotional despair, it's thicker. Mm. The, li- the, the 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 lipids in there make it thicker because it shows to others that we're in distress and need help. So the tears mm-hmm. actually fall slower on our face so people can see us crying and it and it elicits that compassion because we're in uh, um, uh, despair. And mm-hmm. w- one way that we coexist as humans and how we've been here as a species for this long is community-based. We have to help each Absolutely. other. And, 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 we're, and, and I mean, like we're, we're sort of getting away from that, it seems like in, in today's world. But, you know, like if you look at how we've we've always managed to survive as a, as a species is through small communities. I think I think we only can have the capacity for, what, 150 close friends. And then after that, it doesn't really. So, like, we were meant to have these communities and these and these small little things to support us, because that's how we've evolved and managed all of this chaos in the world. Absolutely. We need that. Right. Like the sense of self is only because we have others. Right. Where do you learn from? You can't, if you don't have other people creating checks and balances and, and, and they don't call you out on your shit, but also support you in overcoming it, um, how, how do we ever learn, right? From a child, what really are you? You're just, you're, you're the product of whatever society you're brought up in. That's why we have culture. That's why we have religion. Um, so it's a really interesting, a really good book, actually. Um, James Wheel, Rethinking God, Sex, and 
religion. I don't remember what it is. I'll have to get the title. It's a really, really good book and I'll let you know, but uh, it breaks all of that down and how we kind of got here, how there's like, how we had mystics and spirituality, how we use, you know, uh, psychedelic drugs. And it just kind of opens up all of the constructs that actually created early societies and why they function so well. Um, and, and what really happened. And like, one of the big things you said is because of sense of community, like they could tell when things evolved because of when things lived to an old age with broken bones, you can only get that if someone cares for you during that time to make sure your bones can heal. And they act, someone actually just makes sure that you're part of their community and they, and they carry you with them uh, as they're like nomads moving around. It's a very, very interesting way to look at it. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's, yeah. we're, we're missing that right now. Uh, big time. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask you a question about that. Um, and maybe like this is something that you can answer through your own studies, your own self-awareness or whatever you've done is why do you think us humans, um, and, and I imagine that's only us as a species that does this because I'm, I'm maybe apes do it too, or maybe even dogs. I don't know. Cause I, I can't talk to them, but why do you think humans, um, early on early humans mm-hmm. create, created the spirituality? Like, do you think that we've created the spirituality or spirituality is in us through early days as early humans? Like, like, why do you think we have this sense of um, existential need to understand why we're here and, and where we've came from? Like, like, do you think that's innate in us or like? That's a really tough question. I, I have so many theories and I've read so many different things about it. And like, the you know, you have the hard problem of consciousness. Um, like do do bats what's it like to be a bat do bats wonder where they're coming from and what happens to their loved ones when they die like if, can we watch other animals grieve if you're grieving does that not mean you have some kind of predetermined of what is life and what is death um and you can see that through the animal species let alone obviously you know hominoids uh you know early hominoids even how they were burial grounds so there was obviously some kind of spirituality or or belief that you know we, we need to do something with these bodies um it, it's such a hard it's such, I, I don't, I can't say if it's hardware. Like I know for myself, me, oh God, this sounds dumb. Like the idea of spirituality versus religion. I don't have anything that aligns with what I believe, but I am someone who is, well, I guess you could put me as like agnostic. Like I just, I just want to be here to see what it's about, but I'm not going to believe something is about to happen to me. I don't want to create a belief system. I just want to have experiences and, and from there gather what I, what I think. But I don't know, man. I, I think that sometimes we need something bigger than ourselves and we need to feel connected. And, and that's, that's all spirituality can do. Like I know through experiments with obviously like psychedelics or different things that I've tried to do, that's obviously, as we see in like the media now, as it's growing in, in, in flavor and popularity, um, that's a big thing that may have led numerous societies and cultures to kind of develop more of a spiritual essence. And, and all of that ha- happens you know, it's a human experience brought on by chemicals, right? You can't just give that chemical to another plant and they're going to have a psychedelic experience. It's because humans are already set up to have those experiences that they do. So it's, it's a really hard question. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? I, I, I don't know. And I sometimes wish that I could go back to being an early human when there was just fire and the stars above you and and whatever plants were available for you to consume and i i i always wonder what early humans did from a community standpoint from a social standpoint from a thinking standpoint probably more so of the thinking like 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 what were their obviously their anxieties were probably am i going to be able to eat do i have shelter do i have a place to sleep and security i imagine right 
and, and of course loved ones that that you created bonds with but outside of that like what were like what, what was it that they did there was and like that's the thing is that when i think of spirituality it doesn't it doesn't end with this idea of like what is god and all of those things i, I feel like that can also include art right and we saw early art and you see handprints and you see like the idea of leaving yourself behind in that in that presence of your artwork or your your ability to create like what are the pyramids what are the constructs that we've seen you know they made their time and i think we all have this in some way i feel that humans are creative and that is a part of our spiritual essence is is being creative enough to put your time and effort towards something that like you said earlier on has almost like a legacy standpoint maybe that legacy doesn't have to intertwine with this idea of like ego and everlasting life it can just be I am here and this is what I do while I'm here. And, and I think that that's a beautiful expression of what it is to be alive is to create because you can. Um, and I know that's a big thing in my, in my life to think of spirituality in the sense of creation. Um, but also, you know, as you've just gone through, you also have loss, right? And that, that opens the door to spirituality as well. So um, I, I often wonder what early hominoids did and, and, it's really interesting. Like if you haven't read like sapiens and books like that, uh, that's a really, really good place to start because he breaks it down so well. Um, so check that out for sure. Sapiens, if you haven't read it, but it's, uh, it's cool, man. There's, there's a lot to this that I think has to be uncovered. And I think it deeply aligns us with what, like, I'm not like liver King thinking that I'm like primal values all the way or anything like that. But, uh, I definitely think that when we weren't busy with this, like consumer society and comparison society, we had a lot more time to create, to understand one another and to have empathy. Um, and, and, you know, obviously there were still wars and dumb shit like that, but that, that had to happen to get us to where we are today. But um, it, it's, it's, it's really, really important that we step outside of what we think we are to experience what we are to be here. And, and that's something I think every human does at some point in their life, even if it's in their last breath. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny how, yeah. you know, we, we're in such a, um interesting world sorry my, my phone was going off sorry my bad oh, good. um the 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 interesting thing with where we're living right now is that if there, there's a lot of distraction happening mm -hmm. and this distraction is essentially distracting you from becoming whatever it is that your mind can can conceive of and i always think back to like back in the um like when Isaac Newton was around or all, all these other sort of quote unquote scientists who were just human, who were curious. They, they didn't go to Stanford or, or whatever to get this major degree. And then now they're scientists. They were what teenagers in their early twenties, figuring stuff out, just looking up and just doing basic observations because they had the time and the freedom to just explore. And I, and while I think the, the, yeah, in, institutionalized uh, education system is important for, for many different things. I also feel like it's robbed humans to just think, ponder, and be curious. Because now you can't be a scientist unless you have this degree from, from whichever Ivy League school that, that, that you, you can attend and pay money for. So it's almost like this elitist thing where it's like, oh, wait a second, that human is no different than me. We have the same brain. They've just had more exposure to whatever topic it is. Yeah, I think, you know what? It's a, it's a catch 22, I think. I agree with you 100%, but I also think that we don't care, right? We care about Kim Kardashian. We care about, you know, Nicki Minaj. We care about weird shit because that's what fucking entertainment is. 
Like, do you really care about James Webb's telescope? You know what I mean? Like, is that something that you're interested in? Because great things are happening. I don't think you have to go to school. You just have to be undoubtedly passionate, but those undoubtedly passionate people probably aren't on Instagram. They're probably not creating those things. So I, I, I'm not sure if we need to go to an education system. I think that we actually are breaking away from that. If you look at like the rise of Elon Musk and all those people that are trying to hire passionate entrepreneurs who think outside the box, instead of, like you said, the educated, formal elitist status of being like, I graduated and I'm dumb as a bag of hammers. I can recall information and in textbook jargon, but I can't actually think and put two and two together. Um, and you can see that uh, across a span of a society, people who are unindoubtedly passionate, um, but also afraid to really venture out on their own because they don't hold that status. It was like me, I, I thought like, oh shit, if I don't become an athletic therapist, I'll be useless to everyone. And then I realized that like, oh, I don't really fucking wanna do that, right? But outside of that, I just decided to be who the fuck I am and in the process, try to acquire as much education that my passion can lead me to without trying to create as much bias. Sometimes when you go to education systems, you also create inherent biases. Just when you create that, uh, that, that, that idea and that identity that I'm a scholar. Um, so I think we need both. I think we need, like, I need an elite, I fucking love an elite pilot, like an elitist pilot. And I think I'd love an elitist fucking brain surgeon. Um, but those are task oriented jobs. When I want to think of who's going to govern a nation, I want someone creative, thinks outside the box, has a natural tendency to be like, okay, well, this system is fucking faulty, right? This is a dumb fucking system, right? We don't just need to hash out the same thing because it's known. And I think that is the education system. I think that's most of government is being like, well, this is what we've always done. And I'm like, then we get what we always fucking get. We need to change something, but we, we can't do that with people who their only MO was to fucking just like the idea of being someone that is respected by the education you got instead of the knowledge and patience you have to be part of a society and offer a greater sense of self. Um, and I think that's, that's really messed up the way we've kind of created that. But anyways, those are my thoughts. Do you, <laughs> kind of trailed do you, ever, off. Do you ever wonder why governments are still the same governments? Like obviously like, so you and I think differently, like, so like, so what one thing that you asked me back in October was, are you a contrarian? And I'm like, I've never heard that term in my life. What is yeah. it? Obviously I figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I kind of am because it's just how my brain is wired, right? But like, uh, sh surely there are people that think like you and I, and, and and we have a lot in our circle that think like us as well. Why do you think nobody has stepped up in the government level to say, wait a second, the way we elect these presidents or prime ministers, the way we we conduct this, uh, I'm gonna call it a farce. Like, like it's like they're on TV telling us what we want to hear because they have, because they're being recorded and they're on camera and they're, they're on the record saying it, that they have to be this sort of politician and, and politician has a negative connotation. And I say it with the negative connotation, you have to be a politician. How, how come no one's stepping up to say, okay, like, let's just change this. Let's just step up and, and change. Or is it the powers that be want to keep it as is because they have greater interest. I think that's, I think that's more or less it is it's well, one, society is dull right and society has dumbed itself down to entertainment purposes above all measures right we spend our time just fucking looking at instagram you know jerking off to porn hub doing whatever the fuck it is like you're just we're seeking comfort nothing is fucking comfortable about doug ford's life right now as much as i think he sucks i also would hate to be who he is right no politician actually signed up for this they signed up for just being an actor of a paid position 
But now it's actually like, you got to fucking make everyone hate you or agree with you or for poll numbers, like political ideologies are, are kind of silly because they follow ideologies. Like you, you are almost fit within this construct and it has to be done in this way. So I think money wins um, and the powers that be win. I think that people are too f- afraid to lead. Everyone can criticize, but leadership takes a whole different thing. Um, and you can look at like Marcus Aurelius and all of the you know famous Stoics that were that were profound leaders because they questioned themselves more than they questioned society because they knew society was a bunch of dumb motherfuckers, right? They weren't people who were ready to lead and take criticism. Um, and then on top of that, like I said, the money. But then I think we really don't know what we want. I think that the world is a very complex place. And if you were to ask people what they want, they most of the time don't want to make a decision, right? Because if they make a decision, they're responsible. So I think that in some ways, no one steps up because then they're responsible. Um, And I see that as, you know, a lot of humanity has, and myself included, a lot of cowardice, right? I I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fuck this up, right? I don't want to lead. I just want to have have my voice be heard <laughs> I don't, yeah yeah and, and not yeah so I, I i don't know that's interesting because i remember i forget where I, I don't know if i was talking to somebody about this or if i read it somewhere but typically the first person that that th- makes a decision and leads based off of their own decision doesn't get any traction but the second person who says that person did that the second person has more of a chance to spread like wildfire because now they will talk to other people and then, and then you, you kind of have power in numbers. But the first person to like decide I'm going against this and starting mm-hmm. a new a revolution or, or I'm going to go protest, it's very difficult, man. Like, 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 again, going back to the nervous system, we are creatures that we want to seek comfort, security, and validation. And how mm-hmm. do we get validation? Through people saying, I agree with you. So yeah. to go against the grain is very difficult. And I'm going to share this openly even on here because I think it's important. The, the most valuable, so, so like going back in my whole history as, as, as a person, I'm a, I'm a pushover and I'm a yes man. Mm-hmm. And, and it's why we do what we do because we are very empathetic and that part excels in helping others achieve whatever it is that they want, right? Because we have that compassion and that empathy. But as a businessman, it fucking sucks because I remember, you know, back in the day where somebody wanted, um, so if somebody came in to, to sign up for a membership, but they wanted like a 12 p.m. class and I didn't have one, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to put one on for you as long as you sign up because I was in this um, sort of, um, like I wanted the money, I wanted the membership. I, I wanted to make sure that they were happy and they would, you know, provide. Anyways, so long story short, the, the, the best thing I've done for myself uh, was not wear a mask. And you've, ex- and you've experienced this with me in October, right? Yeah. And it was uncomfortable as fuck, right? Yeah. But, but the one thing that it made me realize was that uh, it made me more assertive. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to have autonomy over myself without having to become part of the herd. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very difficult to, to step away from the herd and say, I'm going to choose the, um, the, the, the road less traveled. It's nice to hear in this poetic sense of I'm going to choose the, the, the path least traveled or whatever the, 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 the thing is, but to actually do it, dude, it fucking blows. I remember. So I remember, I remember I, uh, the, the first time I decided not to wear a mask at a grocery store, I'm in my car, I park and I'm like, all right, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. I think this is stupid. I think this is pointless. I'm going to go in there. And I was like, fuck, 
do I really want to do this? And I remember walking in without a mask, felt feeling so uncomfortable. And then the clerk goes to me, uh, sir, where's your mask? I'm like, sorry, I can't wear one. And they're like, okay, sorry. And then I'm like, that's all it was. And I walked in, no problem. And, and then since then, I'm like, this is amazing, right? It, it, it gave me such a sense of autonomy and freedom to then say, where else can I apply this logic in my life? Maybe in my business, maybe in how I run my podcast, right? Maybe I have more of a voice than I thought I did. Uh, you know, maybe I can help inspire others. And I remember being at Starbucks on, on uh, November 11th, on Remembrance Day, out of all days. And there was like 12 people in Starbucks waiting for their drink. And usually I go through drive-thru because I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable without a mask. But I'm like, fuck, the drive-thru is long. I need, I need a coffee. So I went in without a mask. And, and I'm just waiting for my coffee. And uh, this one lady looks over at me, uh, you know, and then, you know, double glances at me. About five minutes later, she moves her mask down to past her nose. And then she goes to me, she goes, excuse me, sir. I go, I just want to let you know that like what you're doing is very brave. And I applaud you for that. And I'm like, well, thank you. I, I go, I go, I go, we forget to fight for our freedoms because we think that we have it so easy here. But on, on a day like today, especially as on Remembrance Day, we need to be even more vocal about our freedoms and our rights and, 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 and liberations as a, as, a, as a human species. And she's like, you know, you're right. And so everybody started talking. Two minutes later, her mask is completely off. So it's like, so it's like, I did the hard part of feeling uncomfortable. So somebody had the balls to then take it off. And maybe she went home saying, you know what, there was this great gentleman who did this, this, and this. And, you know, uh, maybe, she, maybe she's not wearing a mask anymore. You know, and now, now people are thinking I'm a fucking dickhead for not wearing a mask. I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck, to be honest. Um, and I'm not here for ratings or for money. I'm just here to speak as a human. So I don't really give a fuck. Um, but like, People need to step up, especially now when when we went through all these mask mandates and these vaccine passports to have this quote unquote normal freedom, which is a bunch of BS. Now they, they went against that and saying, oh, we have to shut down again. Well, like, guys, like at what point are you going to step up now and say, well, as uncomfortable as this is, my rights and freedoms are, are more important than the herd. You know, um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, like to bring it back to like the original thing, like the mass paint a really you know vivid picture, and like it's it's that introductory concept, right? Like anyone who introduces something is obviously going to be an outsider, and people are going to be like, "Oh, I feel like I like that, but I don't feel like it fits," you know, everyone else that's around me, right? Have you ever heard of the elevator um, elevator experiment? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where like everyone gets on the elevator and they're, you know, one person gets on the elevator and you know a person's turned around the next person that gets on, they face the wrong direction. They face the back of the elevator too. And the people who are getting on and keep facing back, eventually the last, the person who's on there that's facing forward towards the door just turns around. Right. It's, it, we are socially conditioned creatures. Otherwise we're outcasts, but at the same time, we're also socially manipulated in that way. Right. We, we are losing control. And like, I, you're asking a weird person on this, on the actual mass thing. Um, because I kind of take on a George Carlin esque kind of thing. I'm not a, uh, I find society to be something that is absurd, right? Like, especially when you travel a lot and you look around the world and you see how things are conducted and how governments are ran and from communism to dictatorships to democracy, no one seems to have figured it out. And it might just because we're apes in shoes with opinions. So outside of that, I, I really don't have, you know, I wear a mask probably because I just don't want to be someone who's like having yeah. to fight for something. 
but I don't, if I see someone not wearing a mask, I'm not like, well, why the fuck aren't they doing their part? I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like I I could care less. I just, I have, I like to be a witness of society, but that sometimes means that I cloak myself to fit in with the majority, but it doesn't mean I don't question the majority in some instances. Mm -hmm. And all of a, all of a sudden, like when people are like, this is like Nazi Germany and that, that I was like, you guys are fucking idiots. Um, like you obviously don't care about history and you just really wanted to have a comparison value. Um, I think that you, Yes, it does tread on rights. It puts us all in a position to get it at each other's throats and it divides and conquers. Um, but I really don't, I don't know where I stand with it on that extreme, but those are the reasons that I normally will fall in line, but still have questions about it, right? Like I'm, I'm a curious person, but my curiosity doesn't lead me closer to truth. It, it literally just makes me more and more curious. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I applaud you. I don't find you to be brave. And I don't mean that in a shitty way. I think that you are in fact, a brave individual. I just, uh, I, I just, I think we all need to play a part by f- fulfilling the rules and our ideas, but also be where I think you're very good at questioning of ideals, right? Like, I don't think by not wearing a mask that you're brave, but I also don't think that you're killing grandmas, mm-hmm. right? I think that you're the right person to create the identity, to question values and create a conversation between a, a society and that's sometimes the most important part, right? Like Rosa Parks, right? Like, like I'm, I don't think you're like Rosa Parks, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? You're creating conversations and you're standing for something, which at the time people don't think is valuable, important, just like my fucking comment here. It doesn't mean that it's not valuable and important. It's just to me, I, I, I find there to be so much crazy shit in the world that, like even this instance of, you know, we're all so focused on masking people up. Why the fuck aren't we that concerned with no one getting food in developing countries, right? Like that doesn't make any fucking sense to me, right? So all of those things rattle my brain more than it does to see someone without a mask on or doing anything. And this is the idea of we care about what's in front of us. And I think in the sense of when I want to say like, you're brave, it's because by questioning what we're doing in front of us, by even just being the catalyst towards a conversation, you end up creating larger conversations about bigger issues and bigger, bigger concepts. So that I applaud you on because you, you are fulfilling the need to converse instead of argue. And I, I appreciate that. But sometimes I hate myself for being a, <laughs> oh, being no. a, for being a contrarian and always questioning every single thing. I question everything. And why and- do you think you do that? I, I'm sure there's been some childhood trauma in there about that. Or, or maybe I just like, I've always, since a young age, I always hated authority. Okay. Uh, uh, a simple thing right here. So, so actually when you asked me back in October, I should have answered this way about if I was a contrarian. So I remember, and I specifically vividly remember this and I don't know why this specifically stands out the most, but I think about it like on a, on a, on a regular basis. I remember I was in grade one. And, and I loved grade one. I loved my teacher. We had a pet bunny in the classroom. It was actually, I loved it. And I remember it was art class. And, and I'm a big, like, I love art, obviously, You're right? You're a beautiful and, artist. And I love your creativity. Yeah. Um, and I remember we had, like, the big easels with the big papers. Um, and we had oh, the, cool. um, and we had the, 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 the paint, the paint set up, the, you know, the acrylic paint. And, you know, we had the big paintbrushes. And I thought I was this like Picasso, right? So now I was making abstract stuff. And I was like, what, five, six years old, making this like abstract stuff. In my mind, that's what I was envisioning. And the teacher comes to me and says, Michael, why don't you draw something normal like 
your friends are like like your family. And, and I look around and everyone's drawing stick figures of what I thought was their family. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, no, why would I do that? I'm like, just let me be. And, and then I went back to painting. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know why I, I, I thought differently back then. But I'm like, I don't want to draw stick figures in my family. That's boring. I want to draw something yeah. abstract. I thought it was, a, I thought it was some big painter. And so like, that's how I should have answered you back in October, you know, but yeah, like since then, and then I, I've always, I, I've always hated working for people. I never liked people telling me what to do. It was just a sense of, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. Um, Which is the duality with a yes, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. It's weird to be like a yes man, but also like a contrarian, right? Like, I'd, and like it, to be fair, uh, I'm glad that this stuck with you in our conversation to ask that question. Uh, but it didn't come with any judgment. It was just, uh, you yeah. reminded me of a friend that I call a contrarian and he is a wonderful man and I appreciate him because he helps me think of things, right? Like that's the thing is it's not questioning something or going against the grain isn't bad if your intentions are not to be bad, right? Like they're, they're, the intention is really the key in this, right? So I never thought that your intentions, even yeah. this when you're talking about the mess, that's awesome. But like you said, if you would have just been like, oh shit, oh no. And your insecurity kicked in and those, you know, you're building stick figures. Well, that's who, who, why would you want to fit in? Right? Like the contrarian is a necessary part of society. And I appreciate it. I wonder, I wonder if I'm such a big, so is it contratarian? Uh, that, maybe contratarian, contratarian. I don't know either way. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm projecting what I can't stand about myself, which is being a yes man. Mm -hmm out into the world. And I'm like, cause I hate myself for being, you know, a yes man. I'm going to project onto the world and question everything. Maybe, maybe that's also part of it. That could be right. Like it's, and like, I think that's pretty profound if it is. And it's, it's, it's a good thought. And I think that I think more people should do that. Cause I also right? question myself, right? Like I, I don't just question you. I question myself. So when I'm sitting mm -hmm. at home and I'm thinking about something and I'm like, why am I thinking this? Or like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Like I, and I'm like, I'm like, or the way I think, is that even right? You know? And I think that's also important. You can't just point and say, I'm going to question everybody unless you're able to question yourself. Because and then I'll sit there. And I'm like, cause I have some strong opinions and views about what's happening in this world and with COVID and all that stuff. And, and you and I talked about this off air for a while too. Yeah. And I'm like, am I wrong here for thinking this way? And, and I will literally, um, uh, like um, straw man myself and try to pick apart everything that I think to see Absolutely. if, if it's valid. Right. I'm always right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Absolutely. Well, it's hard. It's really hard to, and I always, you know, this is the thing is there's a, there's a humble and a humid, uh, humility to like being like, well, I don't know, but I'd like to understand, right. I'd like to understand why I think this way. And like to understand again, coming back to the search nervous system or your brain or anything is it's who is the thinker? Who's the questioner, right? Like who thought the original thought and then who's the person that's asking the question about the original thought? Are they the same thing? Or is it just a brain trying to create and orchestrate a, a, a value of understanding that gives us a, a peace of mind, a, a stability, a sense of self. Um, and I think it's important to question the sense of self. And I think it's important to question the sense of society um, because that's dictated to us, right? Could you imagine if you didn't grow up with fucking Ninja Turtles or you didn't grow up with this or that, yeah. would you be a different person because of that minimal change? Probably, right? There's probably something that if we took it out of your life, you wouldn't be that way. And like the idea of, you know, 
being a contrarian to match and check the idea of being a yes man, that's pretty huge, right? Like, and, and you have to feel, it's almost like in society, you have to put that bravery out if you're ever going to do it to yourself, right? If you're ever going to be able to play that role in your own life, in your own mind, you might gain the sense of security to do that to yourself just by fucking walking into a grocery store without a mask, right? Like the way we do something, the reason we do something can be very valuable, even if it seems just abstract or, or nominal. Um, so it's cool. I like that you actually like kind of paired those things together and brought it around. Well, and, and I guess like the whole reason I do all this shit is so that I find the security within myself to create what I want out of my company, right? Like yeah. it's, it's and, and, and you know this very well as well, right? Like it's very difficult in our industry to have your own thought because having your own thought in whether it's exercise execution or the way you conduct your business, um, if people hate it, like, like, like we're creatures of wanting to be, get validation from everybody. And so if somebody doesn't understand your point of view or doesn't like the, your brand or the way you educate, whatever, it's it's this like, it, it hurts. It, it like, you have this visceral, like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I want to please everybody. So mm. by, by me challenging societies and as simple as this experiment of not wearing a mask, it has made me such a more secure person mm. to say, if I want to post an astronaut on my social media page, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the way you do it and the way I do it is right and wrong. Absolutely. Right? Like it, there's no right or wrong. It's just, they're both right or wrong. That's kind of the moral construct of even like all of COVID or anything. Like are people doing the right or wrong thing? Or is this just completely hard to understand and kind of we've been indoctrinated into like ideas and ideals. Um, but we don't need to please everyone. It's there's 7 billion people in this world and they'll all see a very different person, right? You don't get to choose what I see when I look at you, right? You don't get to choose what I think about you. Even if you did all the things right, even if you were everything I could ever consider a cool, rad, fucking awesome dude to be, I could yeah. just hate your fucking face, right? You know what I mean? I have yeah. no, for some reason, you remind me of a bully back in the day. Yeah. You're the coolest guy, but you look like a guy that used to beat the shit out of me, right? You, you really don't have a lot of ability to create what people think of you, but you have a lot of ability to create what you think of yourself. And you need to be able to risk everything that you think you are to discover who you are. And I think that's cool. And I think that you should never have any shame of that. Yeah. I, I haven't to say that because that was, dude, that was, that was perfect where you said that. Um, and, and this is why I always enjoy our conversations because we have no topic discussion. It just go, leads you into this like, shit, yeah. right. Um, how, how much time do you have left? I I'm good for till like another half hour. So you're, you do cool. whatever you want. Cool. Perfect. Um, so, so l let's touch. So obviously we talked a lot about like, you know, reflection and like, you know, mm -hmm. sense of self, whatever, how, w what is your mission or what's your aim with reflection studio and, and, and what do you hope to give to the industry or even to your customers mm. through, through your brand and your style of, of, of educating? You know, it's a really good one. And it, it, there's so many little components to it. Um, for me, like, I know a big thing is like, there's no such thing. There's nothing to keep. There's only a reflection. So like, whatever you see in the mirror is whatever you've put on yourself to have a sense of belief, 
right? Like I believe I'm too fat. I believe I'm too skinny. I believe I, I have this, I have that. And that's what you see. So we're a perception-based machine. We're just picking up all of the stimulus and creating an, an ident identity and an idea and a belief system on who we are, who we should be, the idea of betterment. And I'm really struggle with this whole society of betterment because funny thing, the person that's going to create a better you is the you you are today. So you must be pretty fucking amazing if you're going to start today to be a better version of you. So maybe we could just start with self-acceptance, right? Self-compassion, understanding that you're really not what you think you are. You're something you haven't done yet, right? And that fear of being who you, you know, hate is actually what's going to re regress you from being anything that you want to be. So the idea of Reflection Studio is seeing what's there for the ability to know your worth, right? To start, to see the thing that really exists because you choose to see it there. Um, and, and giving people the onus back to take control first of their, their identity, their sense of self, their sense of purpose, values. Um, and that's kind of where we start is we start with, you know, who the fuck are you? Right. Like right now, who are you? What are you sad about? What are you happy about? What's what's kind of jiving? What's not? And then build it out and be like, OK, what do you want to do? So like our motto is passion, perspective or yeah, passion, perspective and performance. So we have to develop a sense of passion. Right. You kind of have to know what you want to do. Right. Like, what are you passionate about? Oh, you want to be your mother of two, but you also have a you know, you also want to build a, I don't know, a pottery company or something. Awesome. Well, you're going to have to have some pretty strong arms, some strong legs. You are gonna have to work and be able to get some sleep and nutrition in there. And then that's going to lead to your perspective. Like, why are you doing things on a day-to-day -day basis? What is the perspective? Reflect on those things, reflect on your passion and, your, and then you'll find your perspective and then build out your performance. By having those two things ingrained, you're going to have a natural tendency to lean towards a higher performance variable. Um, and this works from athletes to grandmas. It's just the ability to break yourself down into, you know, not a sole identity, but the habits of your own virtue, basically just saying, I do this because this is who I am. And through that, you inspire others, right? Like why it's, that's kind of the premise of it. And then just having organic, organic conversations like we're having right now, where it's just like, we got nothing to lose in a hundred years. If we say something dumb on a podcast, all of us are dead. There's a whole bunch of new people. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We're just here to have a human experience. And that's basically the premise of it is just give people full autonomy to be who they are so that we have different forward thinking people who are passionate about being alive, creating a world that we all can live in and thrive in because they bring forth and manifest the beauty that only comes around in the universe once, which is themselves. Wow. So that, that gave me chills the way you said that. Oh, thanks man. That was just but, me rambling. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, but, but it also fucked me up when you said that in a hundred years from now, no one's going to know who we are. And there's going to be new people on this earth. Jesus, yeah. fuck. Um, like, isn't that, isn't that crazy how like, even in like, yeah, a hundred, 200, a thousand years, could you imagine the difference in humans and, and like all this shit? Yeah. It's out in the internet, but yeah. is it even going to exist anymore? Is it going to be the metaverse? Is it going to be something else? Is it going to be the matrix? Like it's, it's, it's absurd that we hold so much value on what I just said 30 seconds ago when it's gone. Was your, tell me something about your great, great, great grandfather good person what was his favorite food uh so he liked pasta <laughs> he's italian yeah <laughs> there's some definite gives here yeah right yeah like right you know, I... fuck we know like, what color was hair like when did he die did he have any diseases like all of these things are such arbitrary measures of existence what we know for sure is while we're here we have the right to 
interact with one another and, and create conversation and create stimulus or the recapture the rapture is the name of the book that was mentioned by James wheel. Mm. And it breaks that down that basically in like uh, many of the indigenous populations, they never had a written text of religion. It was mainly spirituality. And as people would age and become elders, they, you know, hike up a mountain and do a bunch of mushrooms and have a crazy trip. But because they got to elder status, they lived long enough to have life experience. And then they fucking trip and have a very spiritual experience. They'd come back down and they'd continue to tell the stories with this newfound realization or, 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 or story of what it is to exist and, and what it is to have an interaction with God. And in many of these instances, God God was like Godhead, the ability to see within themselves and connect with the universe at large as, you know, every ant to every star in the universe comes from the same place. And because of that, they had this ongoing tradition of just stories and stories have an ability to be interpreted and interpretation gives value to everyone who hears it because they're able to align their identities and values with a story without someone having a religious doctrine, just being like, this is what's good. And this is what's bad. There's no idealism. There's no idea identity of good and bad and moral construct. It's how do you interplay these, these, these concepts that these elders are passing down or anyone into your life? How do they relate to you? And I think that's a really cool way to go about it because at the end of the day, we don't live long, but we live large. We have large once in a lifetime experiences that no one else but you may have. But if you can share that through community and conversation, that's fucking beautiful. That's, that's, that's what being human is. Stories and drums were basically it. And that's all we have really. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny, like, so like uh, whether this kind of goes along with it or not, I remember back in December when I was going through that, that big loss, um, I spent a ton of time with my family just because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be alone. I felt safe and secure with my family and it just felt right right and it's what my nervous system needed and so like we i spent a lot of time uh time uh with my brother and 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 we were sort of digging deep into uh so like my my uh where my family is in italy or from in italy uh like we're like these small little towns up on mountains maybe the populations are like 200 people in each little right and you and you can see one town and then across the other mountain there's another town and you can see these towns and and we and we were searching on Google the history of the town that my mom is from. And dude, this town dates back to like the year 900. And 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 it was going through all the relics and the art of that period. And um, like it wasn't even Italy then. It was it was some hybrid of the Ottomans and the and the Arabic people that came, especially in the south uh, south of Italy. But like the history of the year 900 and their paintings and, and even the, the church that is there to this day, and, and I went to go visit it many times, was from the year 900. Yeah, it's been, you know, uh, adjusted and, and kept alive. But like, dude, it, it's it's beyond me on, on how uh, the, the history of Europe, let alone, you know, like North America is so young still. But when you go back to like the 900s in Italy and how they were invaded by so-and-so and uh it's like, what were they doing back then other than just telling stories and going about their life the best they could with what they had? And I'm like, it's funny how, so like my mom's town was, you know, kind of like the year 900, but like 500 years before that, it was, you know, the year 200. And then I'm like, we're, we're, we're going towards the Vatican time when Vatican was first built and, and this whole Jesus fell. I'm like, I wish I could go back in time to those times because yeah, it's it's the year 2022 right now, and it's supposedly supposed to be Jesus was 2,000 years ago. But like, 
Imagine living in the year 500 in Europe. That's a pretty short time from Jesus. Yeah. So it's just like, what were they talking about? Yeah. And, yeah. and what was the conversation then? So I just thought it was such an interesting um, thing to just kind of learn about because here it's always about the new and the exciting, right? A new iPhone, a new pair of Jordans, a new pair of whatever. It's like, but man, like there's so much conversation in history and how much of it is just buried as, you know, non-existent or people had to cover up, right? Like I'm sure the Vatican, not to get into the whole thing, but I'm sure like the Vatican covered up a lot of shit that they didn't want people to know about. And like, so it's funny how yeah. human, when, when humans get a hold of whatever, there's the good part and there's the bad part. Like, yeah. anyways, just thought it was an interesting. History is written by the victors, right? Like it's, uh, no one is able to speak what is true. Um and, and you see that all through, you know, even Canada, right? The indigenous populations that were here um, and, and what's true. And we see this coming out with residential schools now and things like we, the history is written by the victors. And because of that, we're left without a lot of knowledge, right? Like the, the burning down of Alexandria, right? The, the, the actual library there that was filled with, you know, every nation's pretty much, you know, knowledge basis. Um, it, it's so interesting when you dive into history because it leaves so many plot holes, Right. Like it, it gives us a very clear indication that we don't know much about ourselves because we're so caught up in writing what is true for us. Right. Like the Catholics coming in, you know, with residential schools and all of those things. Well, technically, because of that, we, we lost a lot of human, which is indigenous population, their knowledge all because we thought that, hey, this is what's true. This is what matters, which is, you know, Catholicism. And it's like, okay, well, that happened everywhere in the fucking world, right? The Turkish empire, everywhere. Like, so we, we've lost all of this critical conversation that had to take place just because we were a little bit afraid of who the man in the sky was or whatever it is. So it's it's interesting when you break down culture, religion, and, and history, and you really look at them for their, you know, entwined parts as well as just environmental right like the, the way the environment changes and how we've lost many things just to environmental changes tsunamis you know the fact that you know antarctica was once probably you know a rainforest it's it's, it's interesting when you actually break the earth down and the history of earth into constituent parts and be like oh shit this place is fucking wild and <laughs> and how much you can you can step back and appreciate that you're here for a very very short period of time and if you get too locked into the idea that you yourself are, are anything but a small moment in time, you might get trapped in the idea that you have to perform, right? I like Alan Watts has a really good saying, and it's, mm -hmm. we treat, we treat life like a, um, basically like a, a, a journey, right? And once I get there, right, you can see us all do that, even in business or anything. Once I'm here, then I'll be good. And then once you get there, you're like, oh shit, no, now I got to go here. Now I got to go here. Versus if you think it more of like a song or a dance, when you're dancing, you're just involved. You're just enjoying what's happening around you and you're flowing with it because of that. Um, much like you wouldn't go to a orchestra just to hear the final crash on the cymbals, right? You wouldn't want to just hear the big ending. You're there for the entirety of the build and the crescendo and everything happening. Um, and, and that's really what life on earth was for most, for humans and everything is, is it's a building process that we only get a hundred years here and, and we might as well spend a little time. And I appreciate you doing that with your family, just being like, holy shit, look where we came from and look what they had to deal with. They slept on fucking straw. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's a crazy thing to break down. That's so cool.
Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's such a good way of putting it, right? Because the, the earth has existed way before we were here and it's part of nature and it's going to continue to live way past when we're, when we're gone. Right. So like, it's funny Mm -hmm. how, but, and yet we think we have such a pivotal shape into the way the planet is, but in reality, we, we are just the organism that is, probably causing all the mold on the planet yeah, right like, like, like uh, but um but i'll no, do that i think this is a good way to to kind of finish it off because uh, like you said right like enjoy the dance don't wait for the song to finish don't wait for the crash of the symbols at the end of the song like just do your fucking dance right like yeah. dude I, I appreciate you and, and i'm so happy that you came on the podcast we were talking about this a way well back about getting you on here, but I appreciate you for coming on. I always love sharing these, these thoughts with you because we understand each other and we know how to sort of dialogue. So I, I always appreciate you for that. I appreciate the opportunity and just like getting to talk about it in a way that is, you know, this was, this is just non-scripted. This is just us just shooting the shit. And it's a lot of nonsense. And because you have those conversations that give you clarity, right? Like it's not nonsense in a negative way. It's just like, we're not trying to create anything here we're just allowing something to be heard and said and it's the same thing for anyone who struggles with mental health or mental illness anything that we started out in the beginning is if you can find a safe space to speak and and think about your thoughts and have someone you know be there to support you while you think thoughts that that might be scary or 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 hard to consider um that's huge. And I appreciate it because you're one of those people. So your listeners, if you know, obviously if they're going to common and, and they have you, they should be very, very lucky as I'm lucky to be able to speak to you and, and have experience with you and lucky to me. And I just appreciate being on here. Likewise, man. Likewise uh, on, on your end too, man. Like you, you're doing great stuff. Um, you guys check out his social media on his Instagram. He'll, he will drop a ton of knowledge bombs just on, on how to reflect on your own journey through life. And, and dude, I love watching your Instagram TV, uh, <laughs> 10 minute long things. I will literally sit with a cup of coffee on my couch and I'll just, first of all, you're a handsome fellow. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch you anytime with that haircut, Big beauty. but like the, the shit that you speak about is, is, is really profound and it, it, it really does inspire me a lot. So, so thank you for that. And I'm sure everybody else that listens in is also inspired by you. Um, how can they find you on Instagram? Uh, you can actually look at Ian. Oh, geez. Holy. I don't even remember anymore. It used to be the wholesome asshole. And that's how I always remembered it. And then I right. had to change it to <laughs> Ian. What is it? Ian McKay. Ian period McKay. This is going to be two seconds. I'll have it in the oh uh, description. Yeah, let's do that. It's Ian right. dot McKay Perfect. underscore. Perfect. Yeah, Ian period McKay underscore. So give me a follow for a lot of nonsense. And uh, obviously, if people just have any questions, just hit me up in the DMs if you got something to chat about, if you heard something here. Um, and hopefully we can do this again, man. Anytime that we can have any Hell conversation. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. All right, dude. Um, everybody else that was listening in, I hope you enjoyed this one. Please don't unfollow me for all the nonsense that I was talking about, about this shit. But uh, I appreciate <laughs> I, I I appreciate everybody that tuned in either through YouTube or through Spotify. Um, and like always, much love. Keep raging. Peace.